0: Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this, looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. I've been in the pastoral role now for 26 years, 26 years, and I've yet to get it right because we still got empty blue seats. Turn up the, turn up the house lights, turn up the house lights. I want you to see the empty blue seats. That's, that's our jobs. You know, that's our job right there. Those empty blue seats. That means I haven't got it. I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm holding it. It's on me. Somehow we haven't filled the blue seats. That's on me. And I'll take that. But we're going to fill those blue seats because Christ said to fill the blue seats. Did you get my email this week? Yes. Did you get my email this week? That's, I, I don't just put emails out because I can't think of anything else to do. It's the truth. He said, go out the master of the, the great banquet. Chaplain Earl, isn't that great? That, that, that great banquet. He says, go out and fill my house. In fact, he says, I've invited, you know, he's invited everybody. No, 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 no. Go on out. There's still room. Go out into the highways and the byways and compel them. That means give them a good reason to come in. I want, one version says, I want my house full. By the way, that's the same one, the same voice that's going to say, well done. I think I better go fill the house. When he's given commands, I want to talk with you about that this morning. What time is it? Uh, for those of you who are watching by broadcast, I just want to say thank you for joining us. We're excited that you, wherever you are on, and you're viewing this broadcast, we're excited that you're here. We're excited that many St. Charles River Church families have come on home. We just believe that it's time to come home. It's better We're better together than we are apart, and we actually really genuinely miss you. I just don't do guilt, but I'll see you next week. I don't do guilt, but I sure do miss you. It's a hard day when I don't get to see you. I don't do guilt, though. <laughs> but whatever it takes, we'd love to see you soon. And we'll give you all the space you want. Pam Patton will make sure you get to just about stand anywhere you want to, sit anywhere you want to, wear your mask if you want to. Just just come and be a part of God's family worshiping together because I still believe we're better off together than not. I just saw a grandchild poke a grandmother right in the forehead. Now, if y'all don't think I see things in this auditorium, if you don't think I see things in this auditorium, I see a lot of things happen in this auditorium. I see when somebody on this side is texting somebody on that side. I see all kinds of things. I see men pet their wives. I see all kinds of things on a Sunday morning. You just never know. Sometimes I'll even call it out. But we just want to let you know one way or the other. If you're in this auditorium, thank you. Because we're better off together. We'll even take your dog. We, we do. We're a dog-friendly church. Some of you know that's the truth. We're not joking when we say that. We, we absolutely know that, that, that the Lord has placed joys in our lives and our animals are just such a joy. And we love that. We are dog-friendly. And we do that on purpose. We really do. Because we believe that the children just will remember. i, I got to tell you, as a child, church was boring to me. If you wonder why we do what we do, join me on the Wednesday nights, September 23rd, starting on Wednesday nights for four weeks. We talk about why we do what we do here at St. Charles River Church. It's the most eclectic, we hope, uh, approach to kingdom. But we just want you to know, it is my goal, it is Gina and I have have had this long goal for 20 years this year, that children will remember church was fun and learned about Jesus at the same time. Isn't that great? I just believe I believe in that. I believe church should be fun for for kids, for teenagers, and so on. I just believe church ought to be fun. So today, I, I do want to talk to you. I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago the idea of of school and the whole idea when the when the teacher would walk up to me. And you, get, you know, when the teacher's looking at you and you just keep and they keep coming at you, and like I'm walking towards Tammy here. Uh, you know, you're sitting there going, "Oh Lord Jesus." What, did, what are they going to say? You know? And, and these were the, the words I never wanted to hear. For those of you that are watching by broadcast, it is, it, I title messages only so you'll be able to go back onto our website and actually pull it up by, by title. That's the only reason I title them. But this one's going to be, this is a test. You know that voice, don't you? Not necessarily mine, but it sounds just like that. And it irritates me because it's always right in the middle of my favorite show. And you hear the... Dee, 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 and it goes across the screen. You can't hear a thing. Except for the, the beep and the, the emergency broadcast center. Of your, anyway, that, it goes into that whole long thing. Well, today, I want to talk to you about the test. This whole test thing. So years ago, in sixth grade, I was in Mr. Wells' class at Thomas Elementary School in Riverview Gardens. Yes, I went to Riverview Gardens, and I graduated from Parkway North. But yes, I survived the Riverview Gardens experience. It was actually some of the most precious years of my life. But it was Mr. Wells, Ollie Wells, my sixth grade teacher. How many of you can remember teachers' names? (laughs) Some of your eyes going. Yeah, I, I remember, and I, so I remember Mr. Wells, and Mr. Wells, one of the first things I learned from Mr. Wells was to follow instructions. Now, I had never heard, other than my dad and my mom saying things to me, I'd never heard in school, I'm going to teach you to follow Instructions. I thought, okay, here we go. So he he says, here is a test. And he hands out and he walks literally and places. It down, face down, face down. He puts like 20 some odd of us in the class. And he puts face down on all of our desks the test. He said, don't touch it until I tell you. Don't touch it until I tell you. Don't touch the test until I tell you. When I say to flip it over, I want you to not... Do anything to the test but read all, there's ten, there's ten, ten lines. And they're, they're, they're numbered all the way through ten. Don't do anything to that test until you've read all of the instruction. And I want you to follow all of the instruction. Don't start the test. All I want you to do is put your name at the top of the page and, and then read all the instructions and when you're completed following the instructions, flip the test over and you'll be done. Man, I flipped that test over. I put my name at the top of that page. And those were the first nine easiest questions I have ever answered in all my life. I went ahead and answered all nine questions. I just, just systematically, why in the world would I read all of this when I can just answer it right here? I'll just go ahead and, oh my goodness. Ten said, now that you've reached this portion of the test, do not touch the, do not answer any of the questions above. Flip the paper over and don't touch the paper. In parentheses, do not erase. Now, there's not a lot of grace in that, is there? Do not erase. I'm looking for the eraser. And I don't care if the thing says don't erase. It frustrated me. He tricked me. That's what I thought as a kid, sixth grade kid. He tricked me. And and by the way, none of the girls were tricked. You girls always seem to pass the test. You girls always followed the rules. You followed the instruction. That's why God said in the beginning, it's not good that man should be alone. He needs somebody to be the bumper in life for him. You ever played bumper bowling? You know what the bumpers do in bowling? You're not going to win that. You're not going to win the game with bumpers. They just want to keep you from guttering. That's the idea. Keep you in the game. And that's what wives do. They keep us in the game. They just keep us from guttering in life. And so, anyway, that was Mr. Wells' version of it. And I want to talk to you this morning about God's test. This whole idea that every day... Have you, have you realized this? Probably if you're old enough, you have. That every day literally is a new set of tests. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity... Not only to pass the test, but to, in excellence, serve the Lord. In in an excellent way, rise above the test and serve Him with excellence in our lives. The Christ life is an excellent life. Did you know that? The the, the true Christ life, got two that said yes. the, The Christ life is an excellent life. It's a life of excellence because He is excellent. Turning your Bibles to, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm taking you back to Joshua chapter one. It's a very familiar story. I want to take you there, and I'm not going to focus on a lot of the things I would normally focus on in, in, in the book of Joshua, the, the, the uh, crossing into the, into the uh, Promised Land itself. I want to talk with you about the, the, the ones being tested here. I'm going to start at Joshua chapter one, and uh, in verse one, and it says simply this: the death. After the death of Moses, just so you know, Moses had died. Uh, Moses had died. God took him home. And in Deuteronomy, it says that his eyes were still strong and his strength was still good in his body. But God took him home. His time was completed and God wasn't going to let him go into the promised land because he had disobeyed God. Now, that's what most of us think. But I want you to know, so I still think Moses got the best deal, don't you? Moses stepped into the presence of the creator Who said, who declared him to be the greatest prophet ever, and there has not been one since that lived up to Moses. Now that's God's declaration. And the only man that I know of that God actually buried himself and hid the grave so that no one would ever come to the, to the grave, probably, I'm speculating here, to make, uh, uh, to make it a monument, a place of worship. God wanted to make sure he is the one that's worshiped. And so God, and at the end of Deuteronomy, God buries Moses. No one knows where it's at. And uh, and this is the Lord. After the death of Moses, in, in verse 1, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, I, I've said this to you in the past. If I am Joshua, I am about to have a heart attack. I am about to. I mean, I'm serious. I, my, my, my. I, I don't know if I can breathe. If I'm Joshua, God says to him, "The the one that everyone follows here is is gone," and uh, this is what He says to him. Now, then, you. And all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you are to set your foot. And I want you to know, God promised him something. We're going. I'm going to show you everywhere you're to set your feet. But he didn't tell them when he was going to show them. He didn't say, now I'm going to give you, now I, I don't know how you are about instructions, following instructions. I don't like assembling furniture. There's a store here in St. Louis which will remain nameless that everything you buy from there comes with 4,000 pieces and 8,000 screws. And you wouldn't recognize it by the way it comes out of the box. That is actually a hutch. That's a hutch. Now don't anybody shout the name of this. There's, There's many that do this. But I, my, my daughter one time, um, Kristen, Kristen and Dan, when they were preparing their wedding, they were getting ready and they were they were starting to get things for their home. And and uh, I, I made a promise to them I will never go with you to that store. I just want you to know I'm no good at someone handing me directions. Have you, you know, Legos will send me over the top. And that happens to be my—I'm not joking. That is my grandson's favorite thing, and he went after a 583-piece Lego set last week at—he calls it Burns and Nurbles. Precious. I, I don't—I don't think I'm going to. It's going to be called Burns and Nurbles the rest of my life. So he wanted to go to Burns and Nurbles, and he picks out this 583-piece set, and I'm, I'm saying, "Hey, bud, you know this one right down here was 16 pieces." This. This is, you know, something Grandpa can help you with here. Just is a whole lot better. Grandpa, that's three plus, that's age, and I'm like, I, I know, but that's about where I'm at, Bud. Could we just, you know, pick that one? No, 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 Grandpa, this one up here, but uh, that is an eight plus. Well, he's seven, and I said, buddy, I don't have, I don't have enough of a year above you, to be able to know how to put that together. That's going to take Aunt Sissy or Uncle Dan, and they're not here today. You know, because Dan is like the master, and Kristen, they are the master of Legos. They love following directions in those little, Uh, that stuff drives me nuts. So this is what God is doing. Can you imagine what he's doing to Joshua here? I'm about to dump the biggest Lego set in eternity's history on you. And and I'm going to show you every piece where it goes one step at a time. And for an ADD, DD, 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 person like me, that is torture. It's just the truth. That is, that is torture. And I readily admit I'm not good at that. That overwhelms me. When I walked by and Gina was sitting there cause they were at the lake uh, on, on vacation and, and uh, Gina's sitting there with case and I went, Oh Lord, Jesus Lord. God. Oh, and Gene is over there. It's not bad. It's not bad. I know, but you're a CPA. You're a lot smarter than me. Don't make any comment on that back row. No comments on the back row. But you're a lot, you know, you're a lot smarter than me. Well, this is what God is doing to Joshua. Joshua, Moses is dead. It's all on you. But I'll be with you. This is what he says to him. Let me go ahead and read it to you. He says, Moses, my servant is dead now. Then you and all these people get ready. Didn't say cross it right now. He said, Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you're to set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, uh, to, to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on to the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I also be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He says something in verse 6 now that I think is very telling. He says, be strong and courageous. Why does he tell Joshua that? Because you're going to need to be. When God tells his people to be strong and courageous, you're not talking about a cakewalk here. This is going to be something of a of an amazing task. Once in humanity's lifetime, that's what is about to take place here. He said, but don't worry, I'll be with you. I'll never uh, forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Wasn't it Moses who said, Lord, you got the wrong guy? Wasn't it Moses? Wasn't it Joshua's predecessor who said, Lord, you got the wrong guy. I can't even speak. I've got some level of speech impediment. Lord, you got the wrong guy. He said, that's all right. I'll send somebody with you excuses, excuses. And we, we, this is Joshua. He's standing there. Oh my God. Can you imagine being Joshua? He says, he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them be strong and very courageous. Uh Oh, he said it again. Be careful to obey all of the law. My servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. He says don't, listen, did you catch that? You see, if you depart from it to the right or to the left, you're not going to be successful wherever you go. It, when God says one thing, if you, if you switch it and you reverse it, He's saying the opposite. If you, if you don't follow the law that I've given to you, you will not be successful. And I can feel the sweat on Joshua's brow about right now. He says he goes on to say, "Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth; meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." I want to stop there at verse 9 for a second. Dwayne Hardcastle, when you guys were singing I can tell you, I don't know if you've ever sung I know the hard castles for many years traveled throughout the Midwest and sang Southern gospel music. I think he's the best bass I've ever heard. I mean I just I do feel that way. He's amazing. So they, but the one thing I and I, I did this for thirteen years. I didn't sing bass for thirteen years. I my voice didn't get low enough until my twelfth year. But one thing I had to do in that Southern gospel group, I had to memorize. Because there's nothing like, right in the middle of a song, writing your own lyrics. I I won't say who it was in the group that I sang with, but I can tell you all four of us guys, the band was playing the intro to a song, and all four of us guys are standing there waiting for one of our lead guys to to start this song, and this this church was down in Steelville, Missouri area, you know, and and a very conservative area, And, and he starts the song with, Are You Cold and Lonely? And the three of us stood back. We want to see where he goes with this one. (laughs) Because he's got at least four more lines he's got to create before we get to Jesus is coming soon. (laughs) And it's got to make sense. And I'm sitting there going, dude. I mean, none of us carried words up there because you had to memorize And what we learned was, we literally, I had a bus full of women one time from a church, uh, uh, a a ladies ministries going down Highway 94 and I am on my way to a practice to sing with the guys and this new song, the bass had the majority of the part, had the lead in the verses. And I'm sitting there, you know, cranking it up in my car and I'm singing and I'm singing, I'm trying to meditate on it, remember it, remember it, remember it, remember it. And I'm at this stoplight and I look up at this bus full of women and they are rolling in the aisles taking pictures of me. They think I got a concert going on at my own concert going on in my car. They don't have a clue. I'm sitting there desperate to learn these words because there's going to come a test. When I stand up in front of a church or an audience, wherever that is, a county fair or wherever we sang in auditoriums, there was going to come a day where I had to pass the test with excellence, and y'all had to hear it, y'all had to be able to understand it, and, and had to be done in pitch, you know, it had, most of it was done in pitch anyway. There came a time where I, the, the reward, I was successful in delivering the song. The musicians would practice it, and practice it, and practice it, and, well, that's what God is telling Joshua. You're gonna meditate on these words, day, and night. Don't let them depart from your mouth. And he's not saying don't speak them. What he's saying is the opposite. Don't stop speaking them. Don't stop speaking the word of the Lord on a daily basis. The word of the Lord says God's word says, in fact, pastor Carl and his small group, I know you guys make people memorize the word. Because you may need to actually call the word. Do you know that the, why, why God said this? Do you know why God said it to, to, to Moses? He also said it to Joshua. He said it to other great leaders. Do you know why? Because the word is the only word that has actually got the anointing to make itself come to pass. There's authority in the word of the Lord. And when we say in the name of Jesus, if we're truly operating in the name of Jesus and whatever we command, there is authority in that word. If we're quoting the word. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and whatever it is we're quoting from the word. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. When we're quoting the word, if we're operating in the name of Jesus, truly. That word has authority to make itself come to pass. And that's what, that's what God wanted Joshua to know. Don't stop speaking my word. It's anointed. Can I tell you where, where, where Joshua's success was found at? It's actually not found in the book of Joshua. It's actually found about one page back. Turn in your Bibles to the last chapter. Chapter 34 of Deuteronomy. And it's found in verse 9. And it says this. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the Spirit of Wisdom. Because Moses had laid his hands on him, himself. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. You see, Moses passed this anointing by laying his hands on Joshua. And this anointing, get this, not only to know God's word, but to speak it with authority and to give direction to the Israelites. And you know what? Joshua had no clue that one was coming. Seriously. Joshua had no clue God was going to take Moses out of the picture. Couldn't have conceived of that. What what Moses was doing was passing the anointing on to the next leader. A good leader will always enable the current leaders being raised up they will always enable them to succeed in their anointing because they're anointed. That's why we have other pastors in this church that'll teach on any given Sunday because we believe that there's an anointing in other leaders that God is going to speak into them. And by the way, I remember what it was like to be a senior associate pastor for five years. Can I get real with you? And I, this is, this is still about following the instruction. Don't check out here. Just a minute. I know what it's like. Y'all got quiet. Y'all got really quiet on me. I know what it's like as the senior associate pastor to stand up in front of a church and people realize, oh, Rex isn't teaching today. Get my Bible together here. Get everything together and see if nobody's looking. I'll make my way towards the door. And I exit the scene. See, I watched people do that. I actually watched people do that. And they actually would tell me later... I saw you were teaching. I went ahead and left. I went on up to the donut shop, you know. what Like what? The, <laughs> y'all haven't done that here? I'm just saying, the word of the Lord is anointed. It's not me. I am anointed. And I will tell you that God has anointed me to preach good news. God has. But I'm saying, it's not the Barry show. Y'all listen to that on the broadcast. I may be the one in your camera right now, but it's the Holy Spirit show. I said, I may be the one on the camera right now, but it is the Holy Spirit's show. The Spirit of the living God brings the anointing. Not me. Not me. It's not me. And when another pastor comes up here to to speak, and uh, you have the opportunity to get a different perspective, I don't care about preaching styles or teaching styles. I don't care. Honestly, I don't. It's the word of the Lord that matters. It is the word of the Lord that matters. And I promise you, when God's word is taught, it doesn't matter who the speaker is. If I am listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, I will walk away with something that I didn't walk in that door with that morning. Because I'm expecting, if you arrive at church on a, on any given Sunday morning or at an event, a small group event, if you're arriving expecting to hear from God, you're gonna hear from God. I promise you. I've been in services where the power of God was flowing. I mean, absolutely flowing through my senior pastors and, and, and at times through me. I've been in those types of services where the Spirit of God was just flowing and it was flowing through other people, praying for other people throughout the auditorium. It's a beautiful thing to, to watch. And then at the end of it, I hear somebody say, well, that was dry. I didn't get anything out of that. What would you all get? You know, we go up to Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake was the place where you graded it. You graded the service. We'd all go up to Steak and Shake on 94. Did you think pastor was a little dry tonight? (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was the only one who thought that. I'm sitting there going, what room were you in? What spirit of the living God were you not listening to tonight? There's instruction coming every Sunday morning. And believe me, sometimes I don't like the instruction. Count all four hundred and fifty two parts. Open one bag at a time, starting with bag three. Well see, I'm I'm A D D D D D. I want to open bag one. But it says open bag three. So I open bag one. Because I want to know why I can't open bag one. Does that make sense? Does anybody else, would you be tempted to open bag one? Because you want to know why you can't open bag one. I opened one time. I did that. When the girls, some of you know the story. It's a true story, really. Everything I tell you is a true. It's just, it's the life I live. And I'm sorry, it's the life Gina lives. (laughs) I'm not joking. It is the life, she'll tell you. So we bought a toy box for the girls when they were little. And I did not want it's a four page instruction. And I could I couldn't recognize this, remember? I couldn't yeah, yeah. I I could I I hated the instructions. It was ridiculous. It, I'm a man. I say, I'm a man. I hated the instructions. Yeah, I almost took my finger off this summer because I'm a man with a hedge trimmer. I can get out there and do that right. Just about took the broke my finger, just about took it off. See, I didn't say anything to you guys because I didn't know. Thank you. Yes, number one with a crooked finger. That's right. So I I bought, we bought this toy box and I threw the instructions down there. I had my drill. Tim Allen. I thought I was Tim Allen. I had my drill, and I'm ready to assemble this thing, and I got everything laid out, and I'm, okay, well, that's sides. That's obviously sides. That's front. That's back. These are the sliding doors that go back and forth. Here's the tracks. This is not that hard. So I get it all put together. I mean, it is all put together, and and I got one extra piece, and it's over here. It was about two and a half feet by, you know, about three feet long, and And it was like a flat piece. I don't know where that goes. But anyway, so I I picked the thing up and I put it in its spot right where it goes. And then I opened the doors and started throwing toys in and I see blue carpet. Do you know what step number one was? Assemble the bottom to the frame from the inside. I thought I'll... (laughs) I'll teach you. I'll, I'll teach you. I tipped it over and I screwed that thing in with a power drill from the bottom. I went all the way around and that thing, that bottom never moved, but I'm going to tell you, I put 40 screws in that thing because that, that bottom one, it wasn't going to outsmart me where you see the truth is I just outsmarted myself. It's sad, isn't it? What Gina has to live with? Isn't it sad? Sean, don't say a word this morning or I'll tell everybody you're a Cubs fan. Here's the truth. Every day is a test. And God said, don't let this book Leave your mouth, meditate on it day and night. Speak the word of God, learn to speak the word of God. Just if you've never done it, if you, I don't care if you're 60 years old and you really don't know the Bible. Do you know, I'm going to tell you, let me address small groups real quick. This is one of the main reasons. Do you know why people resist going to small groups? They don't want to be embarrassed that somebody is going to ask them a question about the Bible. What do you think Joshua chapter two, whatever says, and they're going to expect you to expound on that. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. If they don't provide the material to you ahead of, ahead of time, they're not going to do that to you, I promise you. But I've actually had people say to me through the years, Pastor Barry, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't know the Bible. And I think, and I, my heart is broken for that person. I said, how long have you been in church? Forty years. Can I tell you? He said, do everything it says and you'll be, in one, one, one version it actually says, prosperous and successful. Prosperous and successful. If you obey all the words in this book, you will be prosperous and successful. Oh my goodness. If we don't know it, how can we obey it? I mean, if we're, if we're still stuck with, I love Jesus and I know that He loves me, that's a great place to begin. But that is that is not the place to stop. This is, this is the living, breathing word of God. And we have a chance to get into this thing and learn who the creator is. Oh my goodness. He really does adore me. And oh, he said, don't do that. Oh, I don't do that. When he says, here's a hint. When he says, thou shalt not. Don't do it. That's a very basic principle of God's Word. And I'll tell you why. Because if you obey it, you will prosper and you will be successful. He's not saying it, don't do this so that you won't have fun. Believe me, you will have fun. You will have a lot of fun. The kingdom of God is an amazing place to hang. But this morning, those thou shalt nots, those are roadblocks from detrimental things that will come to you, to your children, to your children. And to your children's children, and they will live with the result. Do you know? Do you know the, the name Mud? Do you know why the name why why the phrase came down? My my name is Mud. Do you know why? He was the doctor that treated John Wilkes Booth, Doctor Mud. And that man was reviled after that. He was a doctor treating a patient. And because he was a doctor treating a patient, now it even got a little more controversial. Uh, We don't really know. I don't go back and accuse anybody of anything if he ain't alive to tell his story. I just don't. And by the way, that's any history. If I wasn't there, and I can't tell the full sides of all history, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know what it is to be falsely accused of something. I know what that is. I know exactly what it is. And I know that you cannot prove that you didn't do something if there was never anything there to prove. You can't prove a negative or a non-existent thing. You can't prove it. I know what that feels like, so I'm never going to judge. But I know this. Dr. Mudd treated John Wilkes Booth. And do you know from that day, do you know that Mudd family members actually changed their last name? Do you know that? They did. They didn't want that that scourge, that curse To be upon them because people wanted to kill the doctor that treated this guy and helped him, quote, get away after assassinating Abraham Lincoln. There are those events in our lives, blessings and curses, that will be blessed on to another generation and another generation. And your actions and my actions today, if we obey the words that God commands, if we obey his word. And 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 we meditated on it day and night and we don't let it depart from our mouths. There is a reward coming not only in heaven. There's a reward coming to your children and to your children's children and to your children's children's children. It'll get passed on from generation to generation. Heavenly Father, I ask you today that you will so awaken us to what it is. To be walking in the Spirit, anointed like Joshua was. And then the Spirit of the Lord was upon Joshua. Because Moses had laid his hands on him himself. The anointing is upon every believer in this room. We just have to learn that's true. We have to believe that's true. And then we have to learn to operate in that truth. And begin to speak that truth. And begin to speak things into existence. By faith, trusting God, and if we if we somehow, God, fail along the way or mess things up along the way, God, we will repent of it. We'll ask you to teach us to do better in the future. But it's not the reason, it's not the excuse to never step out in faith and trust your word. If God promises it, It's true. If God says it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. I ask you, Father, teach us your word and cause us to have such a passion to learn the instructions so that we will pass that daily test of hearing from you and obeying you on a daily basis. In fact, creating the habit of instant obedience. Not hesitant obedience. Not hesitant obedience, but God, teach us instant, the habit of instant, spontaneous obedience to your words. And we will hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant on that day in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a huge hand. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church, both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us. You can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.